Hi, I'm New England Patriots running back and Super Bowl champ James White, and you listen to the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. Go Pats! What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another new episode of the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. You're here rocking with your hosts, Mark and AJ. AJ, what's going on? What's up, everybody? Coming in hot with the week four preview. Lots of games to cover. Yes, we do. So we're not going to waste too much of your time at the top. But we do got to talk about a couple of things. First thing I want to bring up is that we still have an autograph save on Barkley. I know it's kind of a dark time to bring it up right now because he went down with an injury, which we'll touch upon in a minute. But if you want to, you know, support the player, all you got to do is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and then you'll be entered in for a chance to win the jersey. And uh, who knows, maybe the fact that we've, we've had it for this long, maybe we kind of cursed him because we hate the Giants. So if anything, it's kind of your guy's fault that he got hurt. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that poor guy. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, and um, of course, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at Chance Underscore Podcast, and we do have a Facebook group. All you gotta do is go to the group sections, type in Fantasy Football Chance Podcast or Sleeper Wire, and you can find us there. Either way, now as we mentioned, uh, let's jump right into the Saquon Barkley. Now, what they're saying is a high ankle sprain, and the timetable was four to eight weeks, but they're siding that it's gonna be more towards eight weeks and that makes me nervous because who in eight weeks is already week we're already going into week four so if he's out the eight weeks then if the giants have no shot at making the playoffs i know people have hopes for daniel jones but if the giants don't have like a legitimate shot i can see new york just sitting him out for the season just to make sure he's back 100 healthy next year to take a crack at it with uh, with uh, Daniel Jones starting next year. What, what's your opinion on Saquon? Uh, I think that could happen. It is a high ankle sprain, which is known to linger. But uh, for some reason, I just feel like Saquon may come back. Like if anybody's going to come back earlier from an injury, it's probably him. So I wouldn't do anything hasty. Obviously, you know, definitely no drop him or anything crazy like that. But I, I expect him to play again this season as of right now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, if he could come back early just because he's a goddamn freak of nature and he's ridiculous. Like, when he went down with an injury, I was actually kind of surprised to him just, like, pop up, twist his ankle back into place, and then just fucking go back into the huddle. Like, he's, he's that much of a monster. Um, Other news-wise, I think that's just about it, right? Nothing else really too crazy happening uh, last weekend? Uh, Nothing really, honestly. I mean... Maybe we can bring up how uh, it came out today that Melvin Gordon is supposed to return soon. But until he signs, we'll see. Yes, I'm glad you brought it up because you were telling me just before the show that you actually received the trade offer where the opponent was trying to get Austin Eckler off of you. Granted, it was a bad trade, but I was telling you how if I had Austin Eckler right now, I am smashing that sell button. Sell, sell, sell. Because if Melvin, when Melvin Gordon comes back, I know you don't necessarily agree. But in my opinion, when Melvin Gordon comes back, that's his job. It's going to go back to the way things were. It might take an additional week or two to get his workload up to where it was last year. 
But Justin Jackson's already been cutting into Austin Eckler's touches. So, I mean, Eckler, he's only had one arguably bad game, and that was last weekend. And it is worth bringing up that Justin Jackson has got more uh, snaps of late, and he actually scored two touchdowns the last two weeks, but both of them happen to be called back on offensive holding, which is pretty unfortunate. But the Chargers are kind of feeling Justin Jackson right now, and the way it makes me feel that because they're kind of riding both of them right now, it makes me think that when the alpha, Melvin Gordon, comes back, he's going to slide right back in and take that job over. So if you can buy Melvin Gordon cheap, which after this news today, I don't know if you can, I would definitely be trying to buy. And if you can't get him, I'm trying to sell Eckler to somebody that is still believing Eckler is going to be an RB1 for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, I do love Eckler. If the price is right, I would sell him. But, uh, I mean, he's just playing too well, in my opinion, to, to just hand the complete job back to Melvin Gordon. But that's just my opinion. Uh, if anything, if anything, when Melvin Gordon comes back, that backfield is going to be a gigantic mess because you have three really good running backs all fighting for touches. So uh, if you are a believer that Melvin Gordon is going to come back, then, yeah, you should probably sell Mike Eckler. But, uh I don't know. If the price is right, I'd probably move him. I do have him in a few leagues, but uh, I mean, right now, I, I, I'm probably gonna ride him for at least another, at least another week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, if, if if I don't have Eckler, actually, I do have Eckler, but I'm definitely gonna try to sell him just to uh, just to be safe because I'm a Melvin Gordon believer. I've been a believer since his rookie year when he got fucking zero touchdowns and stuff. Stayed with him the following season when he blew up. So I'm sticking by him, I think. And he's healthy right now. And with Melvin Gordon, health is always an issue. He's healthy, and he has less time to get hurt on the field because he's not going to play the whole season. So I think Melvin Gordon's a really good target to try to draft after right now. But that's enough of that. I don't want to waste any more time on that. Let's jump right into the Week 4 preview. Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay, uh, first game up, we got the Thursday night game, which is tomorrow night. The Green Bay Packers are at home hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Packers are 3-0 right now. Eagles are 1-2. and uh, The over-under on this game is 45.5, and, and Green Bay is favored by four at home. So I'll let you go first. Just give me a play, a player or two that you're interested in in this matchup, and then we're going to try to breeze through all these games. In this matchup, I am looking for Aaron Jones. To uh, have another big game. Uh, I mean, it sucks that they're trying to get Williams involved so much, but I mean, at some point in time, they're just going to ride the hot hand and go with Aaron Jones. Uh, the Packers' defense has been playing pretty well. That's a big part of why they're 3 0. So uh, I think the Eagles might have a tough, uh, tough go in this game. Yeah, I agree. I think the Eagles are going to be in trouble. Alshon Jeffrey could come back and play, even if he does. That Packers' defense has been really good this year. Um, uh, on the Philly side, though, I mean, D-Jax is definitely out. Like I said, Alshon could be back. Nelson Aguilar could be worth another spot start. Now, Aguilar isn't that great. He doesn't have the best hands, but he did catch 8 of 12 targets last week. Um, so he, he's a viable streaming option. Then, I mean, the running back situation is disgusting. I mean, Jordan Howard got in there, got the touchdown last week. And it's, just, it's still too early in the year. I was hoping that Miles Sanders would have took this job by now, but he hasn't. 
So I'm avoiding all Philly running backs, especially in this matchup on a short week. It's a big stay away for me, and I'm probably looking for a better option this week than Carson Wentz. Let's hop right over to the next game, though. The next game we got up, we have the undefeated Buffalo Bills hosting the undefeated New England Patriots. Big division game to see who takes the lead in the division. It is a 42-point over-under, very low, and the Patriots are favored by one touchdown exactly, seven points. Uh, I mean, how often can you say the 3-0 Bills versus the 3-0 Pats? Right? That's that's crazy. Uh, now, the Bills are going to get a reality check in a major way. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm not expecting this game to be close at all. I, I think, and honestly, it's not even because of our offense. Our, our defense is so good. We have not allowed a touchdown yet. So I think the Patriots are going to... I mean, it is a divisional game. Anything can happen, but... I'm looking for the Patriots defense to just shut down the Bills, and Brady's going to do his thing. Uh, I don't feel comfortable starting any Buffalo Bill this week, especially Frank Gore. Frank Gore had a big game last week with no Singletary. Our run D is not going to allow him to do much. So I'm looking for the Patriots to really stomp out the Bills and uh, and Brady to continue to let that thing fly. Yep. If if I was a betting man, I'm taking the Patriots plus the points because I think they're going to win more than by more than seven. I'm looking for Sony Michelle to to bounce back in this game. It's pretty annoying right now owning him because Rex Burkhead is getting on the field, and not to mention Brandon Bolden is even getting on the field. So it's tough to predict what the Patriots are going to do, but it's definitely frustrating having Sony right now. Now he absolutely bailed you out last week with the touchdown. It happened really early in the game. And I think he only had like seven seven points, and six of them came on a touchdown. So right now, you're still holding Sony, so you hope that he can bounce back against the Bills' defense. Could be an ugly game, 42-point over-under. Suggestion it's going to be more of a slugfest and a, a time-of-possession type battle. So I think Sony could bounce back. I know we all want him to. But Josh Gordon is going to pull some serious coverage this week, and Edelman's probably going to play. So I'm still comfortable starting Josh Gordon. It's not the best spot for him, but you got to figure he's probably going to get eight to nine targets. And a guy like that, that big, that athletic, and high point a ball like that, as you saw last week, he's very hard to guard because he doesn't need a lot of space. And he, he's bigger than you. He's faster than you. He's stronger than you. So I still stay, I'm still playing Josh Gordon. But is there an interesting guy is Philip Dorsett. Now, Philip Dorsett has been the wide receiver three for this team. His only bad week of the year so far was the Antonio Brown game when AD was getting force-fed. And with the banged-up Edelman and even a banged-up Gordon. Gordon got hurt twice last week. He came back both times and was making some miraculous catches. You might forget that he hurt his hand on a block and he came down awkwardly on his hip-slash-tailbone area. So both of the receivers are kind of banged up. Philip Dorsett could be in line for a pretty good game. I don't mind playing Dorsett if you're really desperate. And I actually like playing Dorsett in a, in a DraftKings lineup. Let's go over to the next one. We have the Atlanta Falcons in at 1-2, and two, facing the Titans, also 1-2. and two. Now, in this game, it's a 45-point over-under, and Atlanta is favored at home by four. I already know you want to talk about Derrick Henry, so I'm going to go first and talk about Atlanta. Now, Matt Ryan has been balling outrageous. The dude has almost 1,000 passing yards already through three weeks with eight touchdown passes. Matt Ryan is playing great right now. Julio Jones is playing great. Calvin Ridley sucked last week. Now, the week prior, he balled. So, it's just, like, you don't really know what to expect with the wide receiver two in Atlanta. But more times than not, it's going to be good and not bad. I think last week was an outlier for Ridley. It was just a bad week. 
Um, they kind of got Devontae Freeman going a little bit. He had his best game of the year. <clears throat> Still not a big Devontae Freeman guy. He just doesn't pass the eye test. He just doesn't look that great. So I'm not I'm not feeling very excited about Devontae Freeman. If I have a better option, I go to the better option. But you drafted Freeman with third round capital, so you kind of have to play Freeman. I imagine unless you have good running back depth. So yeah, star all Falcons. Not afraid of any of them. And uh, that's that's about it for Atlanta. One thing I do want to say about Atlanta before uh, we move on is I want to see if Julio Jones can keep this up. He's on a crazy pace right now. And uh, not only that, but he used to have the reputation for not scoring touchdowns. What happened? He's got four touchdowns already. So Julio Jones is one of the more reliable receivers right now, more so than previous years because he's getting the end zone. Moving on to the Titans, obviously Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. It's my guy. He kind of had a disappointing game last week on the Thursday night game, but he did get a touchdown, so he made it okay. But uh, I mean, I just I'm looking forward to this guy. He last that Thursday night game last week against the Jaguars. Tough defense. It was pouring out. It was just a sloppy game. This week, he's gonna be in a dome. The Falcons defense is you know kind of banged up, missing pieces. So I'm looking for Derrick Henry again. Uh, but obviously, you know, other than that, I'm not looking for much. I'm just really keeping a close eye on Derrick Henry, see if he can keep uh, keep trucking this week. Yeah, you absolutely. I've been waiting. I've been patiently waiting for Derrick Henry to have his bad game. He had it last week, but he got fucking bailed out by a one-yard touchdown that he did not deserve. So the game's coming. Now, I think that Derrick Henry should be fine here because Atlanta's defense doesn't scare nobody, but... The Derrick Henry, uh, Derrick Henry is still such a good sell high to me right now. I know you won't agree because you, you're planning on keeping him. But the way that he's started off the year, I mean, if you take last week's performance and you've removed that one-yard touchdown he had, he's getting you about fucking three, four points. So I think that he's an interesting sell high guy, maybe in a package deal, try to get like one of the more uh, – one of the more uh, – not proven per se, but one of the one of the running backs you feel more comfortable with. Like a Nick Chubb is like my favorite target to go after right now for running backs. If you could package a Derrick Henry in a piece and try to get a Chubb, I'm all in on that. Now, let's go over to the next game. The the under kind of undefeated Detroit Lions at two zero and one are hosting the three and Chiefs. Fifty four point over under. I believe it's the highest of the week. And it is the highest in the week. So expect somewhat of a shootout. And Kansas City, believe it or not, is only favored by six and a half. So according to Vegas, you're starting all your Lions this week. You're going to start on Marvin Jones even, Kenny Galladay, dare I say Hawkinson? I, I don't know, because they've been using him as a blocker to try to keep Stafford up on his feet. Chiefs defense isn't scary, so it could actually be a Hawkinson game. I know it's hard to say that. I mean, he had one big week, and then two weeks in a row, he's basically put up duds. So I think that this could be a Hawkinson get-right spot. Now, don't hold me to it, because he could go out there and block the whole fucking game and get one catch for 10 yards. But he did have a touchdown called back last week. Uh, he was out of bounds on the toe tap. So he's still getting involved. When he gets targeted, he does well. But Detroit has just been using him really funky. They're really trying to keep Stafford up. So... According to Vegas, you start all the Lions, and I agree, but Hawkinson is the one player that makes me nervous. Oh, 
And real quick, real quick, before you go, start start Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford has a great spot here. Chiefs defense gives up points. Stafford is a gunslinger. Stafford's been pretty consistent so far to start the year. I'm starting Matt Stafford in this matchup. Uh, I think this game does have potential to be a shootout. But, uh, I, I mean, I I can't see the Lions making a game out of this. The Chiefs offense is just too powerful. Um... I mean, Patrick Mahomes is is unbelievable. If you know, obviously everybody knows that now. Uh, I do want to make a, a note of something though. I, I now uh, last year I made a comment about Patrick Mahomes being being the the Steph Curry of the NFL, totally changing the way the game is played. And I saw yesterday Colin Hurd said the same thing. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe he was listening to the podcast. I don't know. But anyway, I just wanted to give a little shout out to that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys start Co- all your Co- Chiefs. Colin, Colin, you a big fan, bro? Yeah, right. You, you, I, yeah. you, you a subscriber, bro? Hit me up. You want a guest spot on the show? We can sque- it's, we're can. we kind of tight, but we can squeak you in here if you want to come in and do like a be like do like do a 10-minute spot. Hey, you know what? Hey, that dude is uh, – Colin Hurd is probably one of the very few sports analysts that I respect and agree with. A lot of these people just – Pull numbers out of their ass and and just you know, Kyle, I, I like everything that dude says. So when I heard him say the same thing I had said last year, I was like, you know what, this guy, this guy's on to something. This is a year too late. But yeah, all right. So you got to start all the Chiefs. Nicole Hardman. I've been on Nicole Hardman since since game one, even though he barely got a target. I don't think he got a target. But I mean, with Tyreek Hill out, I prefer him over over Robinson. I've said this already. Nicole Hardman is a playmaker. Uh, even though they're both balling out right now, so really there's no right or wrong answer. Uh, Kelsey, you have to start him obviously every week. He's gonna dominate this week. Uh, on the line side of the ball, though, I do want to see Carryon Johnson. It, I feel like I feel like he's right there. He's he's getting going, but he hasn't really had that big game yet. This could be it because the Chiefs' run D is not good. So I think Carryon Johnson could be the guy this week to have a breakout game. Yeah, I mean, he, Carrion's been—he's been definitely getting the workload. The, the opportunities are there for Carrion. It's just he's been getting bailed out with touchdowns the past couple of weeks. He just hasn't been able to really get it going. This is a good spot to get it going. If fucking Mark Ingram can go off against the Chiefs, there's no reason why Detroit can't use Carrion in a similar fashion, and Carrion should be able to eat in this matchup. I'm, I'm star Carrion. Next, next up. We have the two and one Colts at home hosting the one and two Oakland Raiders. Over under of forty five, even in the Colts are favored at home by six and a half. That's pretty high for the Colts. I'll let you take this one first. How about Jacob Brissett? He's been playing really, really well. I think he's going to ball out again this week. He's going to have another big game. Um, Ty Hilton is banged up, uh, so I'm not. I'm not sure where he stands as of right now. I, I know he's questionable, but uh, I mean, even either way, I, I think Ebron will get in the end zone in this game. Marlon Mack should have a good game. Uh, the Raiders' defense is not not threatening at all. Uh, they, I mean, this is one of those games this week where you, you just look at the schedule and you're like, yeah, eh, you know, it's just a AFC showdown. It's boring. There's nothing really. But I mean. You know, it is what it is. I think one player in the Raiders I want to bring up quick before you break them down. Darren Waller has 26 receptions going into week four. I mean, I knew this kid was going to be good. 
he has a lot of talent, but I didn't realize he was going to be a PPR monster like he is. Yeah, no, Waller, Waller and Williams are both going to be getting double-digit targets every game because that's all that they have. I had I was in the pleasant uh, situation where I had Waller and Travis Kelsey on the same team, so I didn't need both. And with Waller's production, I mean, it was straight either one or the other. I held on to Kelsey because Kelsey is going to be consistent throughout the year. And I was able to trade Waller and get a nice piece in return. I was able to trade him in a package and bring in a struggling Joe Mixon. But anytime you can trade your second tight end on your roster to go for a potential RB1, high-end RB2, that's the kind of trade you need to make. Now, another thing with the Colts, though, did you mention uh, T.Y. Hilton didn't practice today? Uh, I mentioned that he's questionable and that he's banged up. I, I just I don't know if he's going to play or not. Okay. Yeah, no, he uh, he didn't practice today. It's probably not looking that great. Um, no, for the Raiders side of the ball, though, uh, it's just the Raiders just aren't anything special. I'm starting Tyrell Williams this week for sure, though. Like I said, he's been getting a lot of targets. And through the first three weeks, he actually has three touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in every single game. Now, a couple of them were big-time bailouts, but in a matchup like this, I think it's pretty favorable I think it's pretty favorable for Tyra Williams this week. I'm looking for Josh Jacobs to get more involved. Gruden came out and said that they want to get Josh Jacobs involved more in the passing game, which would be fantastic, you know, because when he was scouted, he was scouted as a three-down back that could catch the ball, and they just haven't used him like that. I swear, if I see Jalen Rashad out on the fucking field one more goddamn time on the third down, I'm going to give John Gruden a fucking call tell him to go back to that beach where he was selling Coronas at because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And... Yeah, not, I don't. I mean, David Carr. I mean, he could be okay for a spot start. I'm not afraid of the Colts' defense, but really, with the Raiders, it's Josh Jacobs, Tyrell Williams, and Daryl Waller, and it's going to be those three for the foreseeable future. Next up, we got an ugly one. The 0 and 3 Miami Dolphins are at home hosting the 1 and 2 Chargers. 44 over under. The Chargers are favored by 15 and a half on the road. Um. It, am I, AJ, am I crazy to say that Keenan Allen so far is the best wide receiver in football? Dude has 29 catches for 404 yards and three touchdowns through three weeks. Yeah, no, he, uh, he's pretty ridiculous. I had he's, him in, uh, I had him go off last week. Uh, oh my God. That was a thing of beauty. Yeah. He's, he's leading the NFL in air yards. He's leading the NFL in targets. Like, he's he's getting targeted down the field. Phillip Rivers only has eyes for Keenan. Like, when he drops back, his eyes go to Keenan and they stay on Keenan. And Keenan is just, with his elite route running, he's just ripping up defensive backs. And now you're telling me he's going against the fucking Dolphins? Are you serious right now? Yeah, it's, I mean, this is going to be bad. Uh, the Chargers, I mean, yeah, the Lions 15 and a half. I say they win by more. Uh, start every charger you can. I mean, I would even I would even flex out uh, a Justin Jackson, even though he hasn't gotten the end zone yet, and he only gets you know. Uh, it seems like maybe ten carries a game. I think he will get in the end zone this week. Obviously, you got yeah. to start Eckler, Keenan Allen. Yeah, you got to just roll with everybody in the Chargers, and pretty much start nobody from the Dolphins because they are they're the by far the worst. They're probably the worst football team. I've seen come through the NFL in the last 10 years. It is horrible. 
Yeah, and another another play from the Chargers side is play the Chargers defense if you got them. Okay, they're gonna uh, they're gonna feast on this Miami team. And what a good week this would have been for Melvin Gordon to come back and get his feet wet. Like if if he came back on Thursday, if a report comes out that Melvin Gordon's showing up and he's gonna be involved in a limited fashion, this would be a great spot for him to get his toes wet, boy. Because um, me and you could go out there and fucking run for positive yards against the fucking Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's pretty gross over there. They're probably going to go on 16. All right, so next up we have we have kind of a sneakily exciting one in a way. We have the New York Giants at home against the 0-3 Washington Redskins, a 49 over-under, which is pretty high. And the Giants are favored by two and a half. But the headline of this one is Daniel Jones balled outrageous last week. He looked fantastic. He looked mobile. He fucking was running in for touchdowns. He mm, kind of cheaply brought uh, got the win, even though the Buccaneers really should have won. If the fuck field goal kicker didn't shake that, shank that like thirty-five yard field goal at the end of the game. So they should have. Giants should have lost that one still. But Daniel Jones looked good. I was kind of frustrated because in one of our leagues that we're in together, I usually had a waiver claim in to pick up Daniel Jones. I was looking at the waiver priority, and I was like, oh, everyone above me doesn't need a quarterback. You were above me, and you have Deshaun Watson. So I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about AJ picking up Jones because there's no need for it. Sure enough, I did not get Daniel Jones because you picked him up, even though you have Deshaun Watson. So was that just a, was that a, was that a defensive play because you knew somebody else could get him and start him? Like, what was your logic behind picking him up when you already have Watson? All right, so if, if you guys listened to the, the last episode we had, I was talking up Daniel Jones. Me and this guy over here actually made a bet, a $5 bet. Who would have a better game, Jameis Winston or Daniel Jones? Where's my money? This kid looks well, fantastic. Two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. It's like this guy is so much better than Eli Manning is right now. The, the Giants... I mean, it, it's unfortunate Barkley goes down this week because you almost got to feel like the Giants are going to make this turnaround and it's the, you know, the future. You got Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. They actually have some good receivers. Sterling Shepard's a good receiver. Golden Tate's coming back next week. Evan Ingram looks like the best tight end in the league. So this kid's got weapons around him. Now, to answer your question about why I did that in your league, Deshaun, I love Deshaun Watson, but... There's something, like, I don't know. I mean, he, he's he been, two out of three weeks is so far this year, he's balled out. He had one bad game. I, I'm expecting Daniel Jones to be a, like a real dominant fantasy force going forward. So I there's, there may be a game where while I don't like Watson's matchup, I might play, play Daniel Jones. I'm tempted. If Watson wasn't playing the Panthers this week, I would start Daniel Jones against Redskins this week. It's like, it's tough. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just got greedy. I, I just got greedy. I think this kid is a stud. Uh, and I somebody somebody I wanted on my bench, I'll take him. Yeah, no, I agree. I was planning on picking up Daniel Jones and actually starting him uh, this week. So when I saw that you got him, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, really? But, oh, well, what can you do? And for what it's worth, uh, I got to show some love to my guy, Jameis, because he went out there, he played his ass off. He got Mike Evans rolling early, and it was a thing of absolute beauty. It's what we wanted from the uh, from the Tampa Bay offense. Now, Chris Godwin kind of took a backseat, 
to get Evans going. But, I mean, fucking Evans, he didn't just go. He fucking got in the car and fucking hijacked that offense. He went absolutely nuts. Now, from the Redskins side of the ball, you don't feel great about anybody except for Terry McLaurin. McLaurin had set, what, an NFL record last uh, last week? Yeah, five catches and a touchdown, I would think, in each of his uh, each of his first starts. Yeah, uh, he looks great. You can definitely start him with confidence against the Giants. But uh, Case Keenum, Case Keenum. See now, after they got absolutely waxed against the uh, against the Bears, people talking about Case Keenum could be out of a job. Case Keenum has over nine hundred passing yards and seven touchdowns already. Like Case Keenum's really not playing bad. This is actually kind of a good spot for Case Keenum to get out there and try to get it going again. So I don't, yeah, I don't mind a spot start of Case Keenum, to be honest, against the Giants. But aside of that, McLaurin, you can start with confidence. Uh, maybe Peterson in the spot against the Giants, maybe you can go with him. Chris Thompson in the PPR, sure, because the dude, he, he catches balls, he put up points, that's what he does. He won't get in the end zone, but he can catch about five, six balls. I, uh, Let's go over to... Well, before we get into that, I actually love Terry McLaurin. This kid looks so freaking good. I uh, I picked him up. I picked him up on almost all my teams after week one. Just you know, just in case. And uh, the kid is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I think he's gonna have another big, real big game this week. And the thing about Terry McLaurin that's odd to me is my favorite player growing up, Terry Glenn, Ohio State. Terry McLaurin, rookie. Another Terry coming out of Ohio State. This kid looks great. Not comparing the two. Just saying. Terry McLaurin is going to have another huge game this week. Yep. It's, it's, there's definitely a path for that to happen. Now let's go to the next game because this one will be another interesting one. The 2-1 and one Baltimore Ravens are at home facing the 1-2 Cleveland Browns. 45.5 over under. And the Baltimore is favored by 7 at home. And for this game... Oh. Hit the wrong button. My bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the uh, with the Browns, it's gonna be interesting because Baker Mayfield looks bad right now. He looks like a scared child when he drops back. He he doesn't. I feel like he doesn't even know that like there's a pocket he can stand in and try to be protected because he'll take about like a ten step drop and then roll out to the right side every single time. Now the offensive line's providing zero help. And the only time it seems like Baker is good is when he's kind of throwing short passes where he can take a few steps back and then just rifle it out quick to an Odell or a Landry or even Chubb. Nick Chubb's been involved a lot in the passing game, which is something that you like. Now, obviously, you're starting Nick Chubb. You're starting Odell. If you have him, those two are absolute locks in your lineup every single week. But this is a spot where if you have a better option, you don't need to play Baker this week. Now, Baltimore, they have a reputation for having a stingy defense. Baltimore's defense, defense isn't doesn't scare me this week. They, this whole year, the, the Ravens' defense isn't anything really special. But Baker just looks so bad, and the Browns just look like they haven't figured it out yet. So I'm cool with sitting Baker. And we were just talking about Daniel Jones. In that league, I have Baker. And I was had a claim in for Daniel Jones with 100% intentions to start Jones over Baker this week. Obviously, I can't do that now because you fucking picked him up just to, to you know ride on your bench, which is cool. But Browns-wise, yeah, I mean, you start Odell, you start Chubb, and and you can do better than Baker this week. Yeah, Baker, see, 
it's funny we bring up Daniel Jones and Baker in the same conversation because I have one league where I dropped Baker for Daniel Jones. That's how that's how bad Baker looks to me. Uh, he just he gets nervous in the pocket. He rolls out when he doesn't have to. Um, he's just I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think maybe uh, his ego got too big, and he needs to come back down a little bit to you know come back to reality before he starts playing well. I do think he'll turn it around, but it won't be this week, and I'm not sure when it's gonna be. So. If you have a like in in the league, I dropped Baker. I have Brady starting, and uh, I drafted Baker to be my starter. But Brady is obviously out playing a lot of people, so I'm rolling with Brady. I dropped Baker. I picked up Daniel Jones. I think I might have dropped Baker in another league too for Daniel Jones too. I might have did it twice. I'm not really sure on that one, but yeah, I mean, it, on the side, the Brown side of the ball, you got to start Chubb. Uh, you got to start Odell, even though Odell hasn't really been that great either, and that's a large in part because Baker's not playing that great. Uh, and then on the Ravens side of the ball, you got to you got to roll with Mark Ingram. He he's doing what I thought he was gonna do. He, I mean, in our prediction show, our our hot take episode a couple months ago, I said he was gonna have fourteen hundred yards. No, I said twelve hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns. And through three weeks. He has 257 yards and five touchdowns, so he's on his way. Uh, again, you got—I mean, you got to roll with uh, Lamar Jackson. He's—he's he's still balling. It's not a fluke. He is the real deal. And I would say star Hollywood Brown. This kid looks good too. He's getting the targets. Last week he didn't have that great a game, but he is getting the targets, and he's just so good going down the field. So I think—I think he'll get a, probably a big—he'll probably have a big week against the Browns defense which is kind of hit or miss right now yeah i agree next game we got the houston texans at home two and one against the panthers who are currently one and two over under 46 and a half houston's favorite by four at home and to the Panthers side it's gonna be kyle allen starting again for the foreseeable future cam newton with it all of a sudden right now the foot is a bigger issue than expected now that kyle allen went out there and looked good uh, I think this actually helps the Panthers. I think it helps DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel because Kyle, Kyle Allen looks like a better passer to, than Cam Newton. And I think you'll agree with me on that. And obviously, you're starting uh, you're starting McCaffrey every week, no matter what. So you can start the two receivers. You can start Olsen, Greg Olsen. I mean, turn the clock back. The dude through three games, he has 221 yards and two touchdowns. So who would have thought? And you sit there and tell me that Greg Olsen would be a top five tight end at the start of the year. I would have said that you're nuts, but... Right now, he's playing like one. So, I like all the Panthers' options here. The Texans' defense isn't anything special this season. So, I like the Panthers' options, and I feel totally comfortable starting Kyle Allen also. One thing uh, one thing I got to bring up on the Houston side of the ball is where the hell is DeAndre Hopkins? He, uh, I mean, he's not looking that great. He's not having those big games. I, I don't really know what's going on with him. So, I mean, I know a lot of people, if you, if you guys took him in the first round, you got to be a little upset right now because he doesn't look like himself. Uh, I would say start Carlos Hyde this week. Carlos Hyde should have a decent game. Uh, he gets a ton of carries. Uh, I mean, you gotta you got to go with Watson against the Panthers defense. They, they're kind of struggling. Now, let me ask you this. Would you feel – if you had DeAndre Hopkins, right? Would you, if you got an offer right now, straight up Keith Allen 
for DeAndre Hopkins. You're crazy to take that, right? Or are you at the point now where you think Keenan Allen's really like the truth? I would take Keenan Allen 100% in that deal now. You, you I've, take I've that deal enough. right now? I would see, I, I've seen enough. Keenan Allen looks like the best receiver in the league right now. Him and Julio Jones right now are, are above the rest. Yeah, it's crazy, but Keenan Allen looks that fucking good. And his target volume is through the goddamn roof. Let's go to the next game. The next game is going to be a fun one. Uh, the 3-0 Rams. Are the Rams really 3-0? I feel like they haven't been playing that hot. The Rams 3-0 at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 1-2. Should be 2-1. Over under of 49.5, so this is going to be a higher scoring affair. The Rams are favored by 9.5 at home. Now, in this game, can we talk about Jameis? Jameis Winston played great last week. James Winston should have led that team back to a comeback. Now, on the Rams, the Rams defensively, they're, they're a good defensive team. Is I don't think it's as good as it was last year, but it's still good. The Bucks can't run the ball. So look for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard. That's right, I said it. And O.J. Howard to go absolutely nuts in this game if it's going to stay competitive. And if it doesn't stay competitive, then James Winston is probably going to throw the ball about 40, 45 times and try to play catch-up. When you have Jameis playing catch-up, it's dangerous for fantasy. In a good way and a bad way. So if you are if you have the balls on you to start Jameis this week, I see why you would, but that's bold to do. Um, and don't don't start Ronald Jones or, uh, or Payne Barber. Just don't do that. Don't play either of them. Especially in this matchup. But you're starting Mike Evans and you're starting Chris Godwin. And I'm starting OJ Howard, all three of them, with the utmost confidence. And I'd play Jameis if I was feeling really, really bold. I think uh, I think Jameis is going to have a rough <laughs> a rough game. I think Aaron Donald is going to just shred through that offensive line. And he's going to get Jameis probably two, maybe three times. It's going to be bad. Uh, having said that, though, they are going to be playing from high, and so you know Jameis is just going to sling it. It's going to lead to picks, but it could also lead to Mike Evans like he did last week. Mike Evans could have a big game, but, I mean, those corners from the Rams, they're both healthy. Talib and, uh, and Peters are both healthy, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the Rams side of the ball, you got to start Gurley. you got to start all three of those receivers over there with Woods, Cooks, and, and Cup. Uh... Even golf, golf could have a big game. The one, the the one player. Uh, I mean, the Bucks defense actually is kind of underrated. Uh, they, they got a ton of sacks this past week, so I mean, they, they can make some noise. But I'm definitely seeing the Rams covering that line. I mean, they're probably going to win by like probably two touchdowns at least. Yeah, no, I I feel uh, I'm starting all the Robert Woods you can this week. I think Robert Woods is in a really good bounce box bounce back spot this week. He's been kind of the, the forgotten man in that offense. Last week we talked about it, but he had a down week. But he, the targets were there, but I mean every time he caught the ball, there was a fucking penalty flag on somebody. So he hasn't been getting as many targets as the other two on paper. But if you watch the games, he'll be just fine. And I think this is a good spot for a bounce back against Tampa. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals. It's in at 0-2-1. Uh, hosting the Seattle Seahawks are two and one over under 48 Seattle's favored by five on the road and in this one this this game 
has scary potential for Russell Wilson and that whole offense. Because the Cardinals defense ain't stopping nobody. They're giving up the points. And the Cardinals have been scoring, too, to keep games competitive. Now, in this game, Chris Carson. Now, Chris Carson, he had a ton of hype in the offseason. He, he's fumbled now how many times? He's fumbled, what, four times already? I think four times, yep. So he has four fumbles already, which which obviously that's not good. That's negative eight fantasy points, depending on your scoring format. But uh, Pete Carroll came out, and he's still backing his guy. He's still saying that he's doing the right thing when it comes to taking contact. He's covering the ball, but he's just been unlucky with defenders doing these punch outs. So that's where they actually like punch the ball in the face and try to knock it out. So they're saying he got, got unlucky, and defenders have been able to punch the ball out of his hands. And they're sticking with him, and they're going to show him on Sunday that they're still confident in him. So I'm looking for Chris Carson. I think this is the bounce-back game. If I have Chris Carson, I'm absolutely playing him. I'm not even thinking about benching him. I think this one could be a monster with this matchup. And Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson hung up a 45-point game last week. This is the same Russell Wilson last year where I think he might have sniffed 30 points like one or two times. He fucking, he went ballistic. Now, he had one absolute garbage time touchdown that shouldn't have even counted because there was no need for it. They had no chance to win, and he ended up throwing a touchdown at the end anyway. So if you lost to Russell Wilson on that throw, my condolences. I feel your pain. But I'm starting all my all my Seahawks this week. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Will Disley, uh, Chris Carson, and Wilson. They are all good to go. And I'd consider playing the Seahawks defense soon. Now, it's not a great matchup, but you can sack Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is prone to being sacked, and he's not afraid to turn the ball over either. So I don't mind the Seahawks defensive play, and I'm starting everybody on Seattle. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Seattle should uh, – I mean, Russell Wilson balled out last week. He's going to dominate again this week. Uh, so like you said, you got to start Metcalf. you got to start Tyler Lockett especially. I think Tyler Lockett has a huge game this week. And Will Disley, yeah, I mean, he's a hot waiver wire pickup right now. He's a top 10 tight end. He's getting a lot of targets. So uh, Will Disley looks good. So if he's out there still, I know the waivers typically went through already last night. If he's still out there, you got to pick him up and play him this week, uh, especially if you drafted somebody like Jerry Cook. And I apologize for that. <laughs> to be to be seen if he's going to do anything this year, but I, I don't know. It doesn't help that Breeze is out. Cardinals side of the ball. I love David Johnson. Start David Johnson every week if you have him. Uh, this is a game I think Fitzgerald will have a he'll have a good game. Christian Kirk he, he's been looking good too. So the Cardinals offense it has been good at times. Kyler Kyler's looked okay at times, but the Cardinals defense is bad. So I think all the Seahawks are gonna do very well. I think the Cardinals defense is gonna get shredded. I definitely like the Seahawks in this game. Uh, yeah, all right, let's move on to the next one. Okay, and real quick, before moving on to the next game, it's worth note that Julian Edelman was back at practice today. So uh, it looks like he'll be good to go for this weekend. Next up, we have the 2-1 Chicago Bears at home against the 2-1 Vikings. This game has the lowest over-under on the slate at only 38-and-a-half. They get this one as a ugly one. The... Uh, the Bears are favored at home by two. Now, I'll let you take this one first because this game is not fun to talk about. See, this is 
This is a good matchup right here. The Bears defense is absolutely just stomping people out. The Bears defense looks great. So, but I, I do think it's safe to play Dalvin Cook this week because Dalvin Cook right now has to look like the best running back in the league. Uh, and uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, uh, Kirk Cousins can get something going through the air so they don't just friggin' stack up the box against Dalvin Cook. So, uh, I mean, I'm looking for Dalvin Cook in a very, very tough matchup. I want to see if, if he can uh, manage to, to top 100 yards against the defense. Yeah, now this will be an interesting one. From the Bears' side of the ball, I'm sitting Montgomery this week until I see a bigger a bigger workload. Matt Nagy is on everybody's every fantasy football player's hit list right now for the way that he's been running shit. Um, very frustrating. So I'm I'm sitting Montgomery if I have a better flex option this week. Um, then Allen Robinson, you can still play Allen Robinson. He's getting a ton of targets, ton of volume, and he's been playing pretty well. Taylor Gabriel had a fluke game on Monday with the random fucking three touchdown game, and those three touchdowns came in the same fucking quarter. Don't don't plan on that again. Plus, you, he went down with a concussion that game. I'm not buying Taylor Gabriel. That was definitely not wider game. That won't happen again. And uh, yeah, I'm not playing Trubisky. I'm okay with Robinson as a wide receiver three, and I'm gonna sit Montgomery if I have a better option. And that's that's pretty much it on the bear side of the ball. Next up, we got the 0-3 Denver Broncos hosting the 1-2 Jaguars. Another ugly over-under, sitting at 39 points, and Denver's favorite at home by three. In this game, I'm starting Gardner Minshew. This dude is taking over the league. It makes me want to grow out a mustache. The legends around Gardner are spectacular. They give me a ton of joy. Everything from he's, he's Gardner Minshew the second, and there isn't even a first. And it just these things just make me happy. So I'm a big Gardner fan right now. And he looks good. He looks the part. He's an accurate thrower. He hits his targets. He would have had a bigger week last week if uh, if uh, D.D. Westbrook didn't have hands made out of fucking like grease or oil. It, the ball is just fucking sliding right through his hands every time he was being targeted. So he could have had a really big week last week. Granted, it was raining, but it's not going to be raining in Denver. So I think Gardner could have a big week. I'm playing Gardner. I'm playing Fournette. Uh, I'm okay playing DD still, and I'm playing DJ Shark if I have him. So I'm good pretty much starting all Jaguars, and I'd even play the the Jaguars defense and a little over under against Joe Flacco. Yeah, I agree. Uh, DJ Shark is he like there's actually a lot of good rookie receivers this year. We already talked about McLaurin. Uh, DJ Shark's another one. Hey, the guy has three touchdowns going into week four, so he gets a touchdown every week. Uh, the kid looks good. Uh, I would definitely start him. I don't... I'm coming down on Didi. Uh, honestly, I, I like Didi before the season started. And if Nick Foles was still playing, I would still be in on Didi Westbrook. But right now, don't like Didi Westbrook. Uh, you got to start Fournette. Uh, the Jacksonville defense, I actually picked them up in our league to stream them this week. Because, I, I mean, they, they finally are looking like themselves. And this Broncos offense is not that good. They really aren't. Even if it's a home game, I'm picking the Jaguars to win this one. Uh, the only Bronco I'll probably start is uh, Lindsey. He, he's he's put together a couple good games now, but I mean, you can't feel too confident about it. Yeah, nah, I hear you with that one. I totally agree. Let's go to the next game. This game will be more fun. We got the 2-1 New Orleans Saints at home. 
hosting the undefeated 3-0 Cowboys. Now, this one has a 47-point over-under, which I like. And Dallas is favored on the road by two and a half. From this one, I'm going to give you the same side because you have some explaining to do with Jared Cook. So I'm going to talk about Dallas. Now, Dak Prescott has been on a mission this year. If I was Dallas, I'm not giving him a contract yet. That means he keeps on playing like this. I mean, the dude has 920 passing yards with nine passing touchdowns already, which is a really good start. Really good accuracy, and he's, he's looking good. Amari Cooper looks good. I'm starting Dak, starting Cooper. I don't even need to talk about Zeke. You're playing Zeke no matter the matchup. So you're going to start those big three. And then outside of that, I mean, am I going to feel good starting Jason Witten? No. But is he scoring touchdowns somehow? Yeah. So if... If you're desperate, if you're absolutely desperate, you could play Jason Witten and just hope for a touchdown. But outside of that, it's going to be Dak. It's going to be, uh, I almost said Dez. Wow. Uh, it's going to be Dak. It's going to be Zeke. And it's going to be Cooper. Then outside of that, do we know if, uh, uh, who's the other receiver there that got hurt? It's slipping my Gallup. mind. Gallup is still out. All right, Gallup's still out. Yeah, so it's just going to be starting those big three for me with confidence. And then maybe Witten if you're desperate. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You gotta, you gotta start Dak. You gotta start Cooper. The, those two together are on the same page. They look great. Uh, Zeke is being Zeke. He's got 289 rushing yards and two touchdowns. The Saints side of the ball. Uh, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't really start Teddy Bridgewater unless you absolutely had to, which you probably don't. The Cowboys defense is pretty decent. Uh, you, you have to start. Absolutely have to start Alvin Kamara this week. He had the best game. Of the season with Drew Brees out, I think they're going to rely on him heavily, kind of like what we were saying last week. Uh, he, he is like the entire offense right now. Michael Thomas is still, I mean, he got bailed out with a touchdown. He didn't, he didn't have that great a game last week, but he's still, you got to play him. And yeah, Jared Cook has looked awful. Like even when he was getting targets, he wasn't making anything happen. Uh, at this point in time, I'm taking the L on that one. And <laughs> my bad for, you know, hyping him up. It's still early. It's still early. So I'm not saying go out and drop him. But, you know, search a waiver wire. Pick up a Will Disley. Uh, last week, a lot of people, uh, Olsen was out there. You could have picked up Olsen. And just go a different direction for now until Drew Brees comes back. Um. Yeah, so you are talking about getting rid of Jared Cook for Will Disley. I totally agree. Luckily, I only took Jared Cook in one league, so I'm not getting hurt that bad. But still, I mean, it's pretty disappointing. I was really hoping that Bridgewater would kind of key in on Jared Cook a little more. It's just not happening. Uh, the last game on the slate, we have the 0-3 Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is the Monday night game. We have the 0-3 Pittsburgh Steelers at home going against the 0-3 Cincinnati Bengals. A battle of the winless teams. One team will finally get a win. Over under 43 and a half. Pittsburgh's favorite at home by only four points. I'll let you take this one. All right. Well, in this game, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that both these teams still haven't got a win yet. Uh, I would say that, uh, I, I, I mean, you got to look for Juju to have a good game in this one. Uh, Joe Mixon finally woke up last week. So I'm hoping he keeps it rolling. He has another good game this week. Uh, I mean, really, that's it for the Bengals side. I mean, John Ross came back to reality in a major way. AJ Green is still out. Uh, and the Steelers, I mean, you got James Conner has been struggling. I think this game hopefully could be the one he breaks out. 
Uh, he, I mean, crazy thing about James Conner, he he doesn't even have a hundred rushing yards yet. Think about that. That is absolutely ridiculous. So the guy, and he has a ton of carries too. Thirty-four carries, ninety-seven yards. That's terrible. So I'm looking for James Conner to wake up finally. And uh, I mean, yeah, what, what do you think for the Steelers? Uh, man, I'm trying to sell James Conner if I can. Hit me and just do do. I don't feel good about this Pittsburgh offense in the least. Now, you're still starting those two guys, but I'm waiting for them to have a big week so I can try to move on from from the uh, the Cincinnati side, though. I agree. I think Joe Mixon had a good game. I think he could carry that on and go forward. Steelers have a pretty good run defense. So I'm looking for him to, to, to keep it going. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he actually apologized to people saying, like, how he sucked for the first few weeks, so... So far, he's coming through with his apology, but this game is going to be an ugly one, but I feel like you kind of have to start your pieces from this one on both sides of the ball. Like, you're going to start Connor and Juju because you have to. Vance McDonald is probably not going to play. Now, they did just trade for another tight end, but Vance hasn't been ruled out yet, so we got to see what's going on with that. And on the Bengals side of the ball, I mean, you're starting Mixon, you're starting Boyd. And, I mean, you're starting John Ross, too, because he's a big play waiting to happen. But I think you have to start everybody in this game. Just you might not necessarily be happy with it. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, all right, so that that's a complete slate of games. We should mention that the bye weeks have begun. So we got the Jets and the 49ers out this week. Obviously, you know, you, you didn't hear us talking about them. The bye weeks have started. Uh, that's one thing I want to talk about. Two things I want to talk about, though. Another thing, going into week four... This, this marks the last game that a couple of these players that are suspended are going to miss. So now is the time you want to go ahead to next week and you got to pick up these people if you want them. Like the Golden Tates, the uh, the Herndons from the Jets, the tight end over there, Ben Watson for the Patriots. Like if you think about the Patriots right now, tight ends have always been a big part of their offense. But right now, who we have, Ryan Izzo, Matt Lacott, like we don't have that many playmakers at that position Ben Watson comes back next week so I mean I know I scooped him up and damn near all my leagues you guys gotta start looking ahead now the suspensions are are now being upheld they're they're done starting next week now is the time you want to go through and pick them up if they're out there yeah and another guy to harp on your point if he's out there now he's only available in I think like 28% of leagues right now if somebody drops Tevin Coleman Go out there and get him because they're saying he has a good chance to come back after their bye week this week. And uh, he's going to be a really good flex option when he comes back. I think Mozart goes back to the bench. Uh, (laughs) Jeff is going to fucking go back to the practice spot. And Breda and Coleman are going to be splitting, and Breda's not doing anything impressive. So if you can pick up Tevin Coleman for free, definitely do it. I was able to, out of all the leagues I'm in, I was only able to pick him up for free in one. All the other ones, he was still rostered. But when I saw that Tim Coleman was a free agent, I was like, yep, hit that green plus button. Felt really good about it. And then the guys you mentioned, of course, I mean, they're all worth flyers at this point. But just make sure you can catch your point of sleeping. You can pick up a nice starting piece for free. So definitely comb through the free agency pool right now and see if there's anybody out there that shouldn't be out there. Now, that's going to do it for today's episode uh, yeah so is there any final thoughts on the week hey before we go how about you give me 
your bold prediction for week four. Who's going to be the top performer that we're going to be talking about on Monday? Well, last week, my top performer was Dalvin Cook. I said he was going to get 180 yards and two touchdowns. He ended up getting like a buck 10 and two. I'm going to keep it rolling with Dalvin Cook against the stifling Bears defense. I say he gets 125 yards rushing and a touchdown. That seems like, you know, another day at the office for Dalvin Cook, but against the Bears, it's going to be tough. Okay, and I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Robert Woods has a big bounce back. Robert Woods is going to have nine catches for 180 yards and a touchdown. That's a big one. It's a a big one. It's a real big one. It's a big one, but he's definitely due, and this is the spot for him to do it. At home against the Buccaneers, all the attention is going to be on Cup and Cook. I think this is going to be the week where Robert Woods just feasts. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. I am Mark, that is AJ, and we will catch you guys next time.